Hello, world, and welcome to this week's episode of Golf Subpar. I am Colt Nose, joined, as always, by the sleazy man, Drew Stoltz. What's happening? Good to be with you, Colty. We're here Monday recording on Memorial Day, and I got to say, just for everyone listening, we're, a little, we're playing a little bit wounded right now. If my voice doesn't sound quite yeah. as sexual as normal, it's, a little still, it's got a little extra gravelly tone to it today. But yeah. uh, a little banged up, bud. Little we're doing it up. for the love of the game, yep. but that's what we do. We had the big match yesterday. You got to send it during the match. Rule one. 100% have to. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a it was a big day. I hope everyone out there enjoyed it. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Tiger Woods, Peyton Manning coming out on top. You know, it looked like it was going to be a runaway at the start. Oh, uh, dude. They were getting just boat raced. And then Mr. Brady kind of sacked up on the back nine and played some good golf. Did what Brady does. Yeah, I mean, going into it, I thought like, all right, this thing will be tight. It's best ball. Tiger and Phil kind of cancel each other out on the front. And then the back nine, that's where Peyton and Tiger will, will uh, be better just because I thought Peyton Manning was a little bit better than uh, mm-hmm. Tom Brady. And it was like almost the opposite. They came out, Tiger and Brady, or t- yeah, excuse me, Tiger and Peyton, big lead. And then it flipped on the other side. Brady finally came alive after a few holes. He looked like, for the first time ever, he looked like a human being. Like he mm-hmm. was a fish out of water. I, the only bet I made on the entire match was that uh, you could get Tom Brady or Peyton Manning to miss the fairway on number one at plus money. And I was like, I've, I've seen Peyton swing. I kind of know. I figured he could get something in the fairway, but I was like, I ain't convinced on Tom Brady. I got plus 110 on Brady to miss the first fairway and hit an iron. He pulled out an iron on the tee, and I was like, God yep. dang it. Like, mm-hmm. this shouldn't count. You know what I mean? It, ha- it should have to have graphite in it to count as a hit fairway. I was like, he's going to chip some iron down there and just get it in play. And sure enough, yeah a little laser beam over to the left not even sniffing grass so that was the only bet i, I made i was with you i loved that bet just because i mean first off these guys are gonna be nervous as hell yeah this ain't their arena as they I said mean, phil <laughs> phil couldn't keep it on the planet I, it. I loved it i was like i was texting my buddies like i think i could give phil two aside right now this guy is terrible he was all over oh the yard God. on that front nine that's when i was like this thing could be a six like it would have been a disaster if it was like just a six and five Pound, you know what I mean? They want that thing to go 18 holes. But I was like, I don't know how bad Tiger and Peyton can be to, to keep these guys in it right now. They're making bogey on best balls. Yeah, but it was uh, it was awesome. They did such a great job. Justin Thomas was absolutely incredible. He was awesome, dude, I thought. For the first time, you know how hard mm-hmm. that gig is. It's one of those things that good guys make it look easy, but it ain't that easy. And I thought he was the perfect buffer in between Tiger and Phil because he, he knew all four of the guys, but he's friends with both those guys, so he can throw some jabs over mm-hmm. here, throw some jabs over here. thought he was a home run. He had a, I mean, it's a good situation for him because he's like, I can go out here if I suck. I'm still one of the best golfers in the world. I'll just go back to playing that. I don't have to really have to worry about this broadcasting thing. Yeah, there's way less pressure on him. There's a lot like, of pressure on me. I don't do this. This yeah. ain't my thing. I'm just doing this yeah. for fun, so if I stink, I'm supposed to stink, and I'm still in the world number four or whatever yeah. he is right now, so there was less pressure, but he was awesome. Big from the top rope jab at Barkley on the, I think it was the ninth green when um, Chuck said something oh, about Tiger getting up and down from the bunker. He's like, he's a pro golfer. He's supposed to do that. I don't get impressed when an NBA player dunks. And without missing a beat, Justin Thomas chimes in. I'd like to see your fat ass dunk right now. Yeah. Charles was like, oh, okay. That's something probably most guys wouldn't get away with. <laughs> Charles' comeback was pretty good, though. He's like, you can't call me fat on TV nowadays. That's bullying. Yeah, you can't. That's bullying. You got to watch but what you say. And dude, good for Charles, by the way. I mean, he, he made a double. On 18, but like it was, I thought it was acceptable. Like it wasn't too bad. Respectable. Not much flinch there. We, we were talking with Justin Thomas on the radio show earlier and he's like, dude, I was standing with him on the range. He was hitting drivers perfectly. I was like, oh, this is going to be no problem. And then sure enough, gets up on the first tee or on the 18th tee for the first, first real shot and just like quick top left almost. The, the driver's a problem for Big Chuck, but uh, awesome, man. I, I loved what they did. They raised 20 million bucks. I mean, that was that was great. Yeah, I thought it was the perfect. I mean, it's not real golf. It's an exhibition. It was still super fun. I thought it was the perfect combination of like 
banter, great banter, way better than match one with Tiger and Phil, mm-hmm. where Tiger really didn't say anything. Tiger really didn't say a whole lot during this one either. Like it was basically Phil and and Peyton kind of carrying the load or doing the heavy lifting, I guess, on the mic. But it was a perfect combo of like real golf, enough competition. It got serious at the end, but also like we got to see Tom Brady and Peyton Manning play yeah. golf. And, and and I thought the alternate shot format was a 10. We need more of that in these mm-hmm. things going forward. Yeah. Cause it puts some heat on the, the yeah. on the other guys, the non golfers, which I, which I thought was great, but I don't think it's a big surprise. Tiger didn't talk a ton. That's just, he's yeah, not like that. He, he threw just, the one U S open jab at Phil, which was awesome. Right. It's good. I, I, I like that. But uh, I, I love these things. I, th- I think adding the other athletes in, Makes it even better. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect. And that's where, like, will it be better with, with Peyton and Brady being involved or will it be worse because they're not as great mm-hmm. at golfers? I think going forward, for me, it's fun, especially in the alternate shot. Because, like, on 18th hole, it was Brady and Peyton hitting the two biggest shots mm-hmm. of the matches, right? Like, that's cool. I've, if it's Brooks Kepka and Ricky Fowler out there, like, I know what they're going to do. Yeah. They're going to hit on the middle of the green. It's going to be perfect. And they're going to both make par and it's over. But with that, you're like, these things could go anywhere. I, th- I think going forward, I'd love to see more guys that aren't pro golfers but can still play a little golf being the other two guys that are included in for sure well done by by everyone involved that was a that was a great event but we have a great event on our show today the man joel damon sits down with us you know him very well yeah played a ton of golf with joel growing up back when he was jicky jack joel not pj tour joel and he's got some great stories always one of the best interviews in golf would be a guy, even before he is, you know, who he's become now, like was always the guy at the mini tour event, Canada, Corn Ferry, whatever, always having like the best time. Mm-hmm. Always the fun dude. Great always attitude. the first guy. If you want to grab beer after the round or on Friday before the weekend or during the round or maybe at the turn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like yeah. Joel was the dude and he's stay. he's basically the exact same guy now. Like, yeah. He, it's been cool. He is awesome. He's one of my favorite guys to play with when I was out on tour. Um, just has a great perspective on, on life in the game of golf and, uh, awesome, awesome attitude. So much fun to play with and very fun to interview as well. And here he comes, Mr. Joel Damon. We did record this before the Scottsdale Open where he was the betting favorite. We did not know it at the time. You went toe-to-toe with him. Actually clipped him, I believe. I did. No I big did. deal. That would have definitely been brought up had we recorded after the Scottsdale Open, but this was before. But we get some Jicky Jack stories. We get some PGA Tours stories. He's one of the best dudes out there. Here he is, Joel Damon. All right, this beautiful specimen sitting next to us right now, currently the 33rd ranked player in the FedEx Cup standings, and according to an article that I just read before the show, one of the best interviews on the PGA Tour, Colt. Pretty big accolade. How do you feel about that? One of the best. Where would you rank yourself? Uh, depends on how many drinks I've had. How many have you had? How many have you had today? Uh, well, started about nine, couple IPAs, got into a little tequila. All right, so we're working on it. By the end of the show. By the time we get home for dinner, my wife's going to love me. You'll have met the quota. She loves you. She never gets mad at you. That is correct. That's not correct. I did, I did Swiffer the floors before I I Uh left today. I did the dishes. Um, I did a couple things. And we were supposed to have this podcast a few days ago late cancellation by the way which we won't bring up bit of a diva move cult if really we're being honest Our but second it was person to do that to i've us. come to Joel find Damon. out it was due to like house chores or something like that wasn't it there was like a, i had to hang some lights there was an outdoor project that had to be done well she threatened me we were had her mom and dad over uh that next day and i had to have these hung lights over their backyard well they've been hung for like six months but the guy didn't do it properly. So I was supposed to put a cable through from two sides of her house to a pole in the backyard. And I can barely like screw it. I can barely brush my own teeth, let alone like <laughs> use like a screwdriver and hang lights across the backyard. So a process that I thought was going to take about an hour 
took a lot longer than that and then didn't get done properly so had to fix it again the you next just got to come with the excuses look i don't want to hurt myself you know i got to play golf i was on a ladder that's dangerous. Exactly. It's too much. I mean, if you fall and hurt, I mean, where's the income coming My from? My life insurance policy. You sent me that picture of it, and I was like, uh, so, who, like, what, are, you're doing this? You're, you're the one the hanging in? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that man. was a problem. Interesting. Quarantine. Little Quarantine. Yeah, yeah. That's a problem. Yep. Exactly. Well, you have been off of golf for a while, not haven't been playing. PJ Tour is slated to come back at Colonial, but you're getting you're throwing your hat back in the ring a little early with the little Scottsdale Open here oh, coming up. Let's return get into this. return to the Jicky Jacks for Mr. Joel Damon. How are we feeling about that? Uh, I'm pumped. You know, I I won there. Not many people know this, but I was one of my it was my last professional victory. I think 2017 Scottsdale Open champion. A little wow. nostalgia. Uh, yeah. So I'm really excited. I've been grinding uh, pretty hard. Uh, I had my I played this morning, actually. Um, shot solid 69 today. Mm. Uh, so I think Good that would round. probably make the cut maybe next week. So, I, as you know, this is going to be my first Jicky Jack, as Sleaze calls it. This is Colt's first ever Have you never, Jack, never played a mini tour event? <laughs> Can you imagine being so good? That you just only play Web or PJ Tour your entire life? I can't even fathom. I don't even know that you can consider yourself I, like a real <laughs> tour just player. I got lucky that I never with, had to go to play a Jicky Jack. I not really, one. I think this might change his Colt career going forward. He might play Jicky Jack over the summer and just have a blast. It's the best time of all time, minus the no money, not being able to pay for anything, <laughs> and basically going broke. But I feel like you should have to play next. I feel like next week you should have to stay in like the shittiest motel well, in Scottsdale <laughs> and room with three other dudes and eat it Outback every night, just so you know what it's Outback like. Outback was, Outback was like if somebody won. Dude. Gary Woodland and Outback I was Outback too every high. week on the, on the road. It's great. Uh, uh, that's is you're gonna have so much. Fun. If it wasn't quarantine, uh, Jiggy Jack, you would have an absolute blast. I'm gonna have a blast anyway. But I, as I said this last night. I was like, it's not gonna feel like a real one. I'm staying at home. Yeah. And I'm driving my car down there. I'm not like sharing a hotel room with a bunch of dudes. What do you think about Parker Open for him next year? Parker Open's right up. Dude, See, we did, I got I a whole list about. of we shit you do. can play next summer <laughs> that will really give you the vibe. If you win like three of them, you can break even. It's Perfect. a great, it's yeah. a great tour. Like a great all you got to do is average like 64 across the board and yeah. you'll, you'll push for that. And year. then beat all the guys who like don't count all their scores. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Sounds like Parker Open's good it, for that That's one. the one. Yeah. That's the one that I had. But yeah, you guys are going toe-to-toe. So, I mean... If you look at the field, it's pretty decent. It is, this mean, is probably the best Jiggy Jack field in history. I mean, you're playing Brandon Harkins. Um, Isn't Perez playing? Streelman? You're Streelman playing. Is. Streelman's playing. Lashley. Lashley, Lashley. tour winner. Bunch of Multiple guys tour winners. Yeah. Kurt this, Triplet. Senior tour guys are playing. Does and, he, get, did he play the same tees as us? Uh, he better. <laughs> but you said you've been grinding. What is, what's grinding looking like for Joel Damon? I think yeah. I know, but what's a Joel Damon <laughs> grind session yeah. look like? Because <laughs> I've seen it. Uh Playing two or three times a week, uh, never more than three, but uh, minimum eight beers. Yeah, uh, I'm actually big into white claws right now. Yeah, and then uh, I play a lot at Mesa Country Club. Uh, Harkins is out there. Michael Allen, senior tour player, and then a bunch of really fun guys. So uh, it's minimum, uh, lots of drinks, and then probably scramble afterwards. Five on five scramble. Just a grind. That's a lot. That's how Tiger used to get ready. Exactly. That's what I thought. Yeah. Explain so, the the rules at Mesa Country Club because I've actually never been there, but I heard. Great. An interesting pace of play rule down there for the guys that have never been there. If you play in over four hours, you have to pay the bar tap. So your group, if your group, so we only play in six. I'm like, if you go, you can't go in a foursome, but like the the men's game is Wednesday, Friday. Now it's like every day, but if you play in over four hours, you pay the bar tap. That's a have you had six to pay, Have you had to pay the bar tap? No one has even approached like for it's See, like three thirty. So Cruz got Michael three. Allen in that mix. He ain't oh, taking yeah. too much time. By the way, one of the all time great. I love that. Dude, maybe like the sneakiest, most unknown legend. 
Yeah, he's he's got great stories. Well, he hung out with John Daly a ton on the on the Champions Tour last, and well, even on the PJ Tour. I'll tell you my first Michael Allen story real quick. So I'm in college. I go Monday qualifier for the Byron Nelson. He's in the Monday qualifier, but he had tour status. I get in a, um, I get in a playoff. Three guys, two spots. Michael Boyd, who was from Tulsa, Oklahoma, I believe, and Michael Allen and myself. So these guys are both. They're coming off like the web category, so they're not in that week. So, I mean, they're trying to make a living out here. And here's this punk college kid. I birdie the first playoff hole and go freaking nuts. Michael Allen didn't even shake my hand, just bolts to the next team. Respect. Was so mad at me because, I mean, like, here's a guy trying to make a living. And then he ended up getting in, and he's been the nicest dude ever to me. He's the best dude. I love that guy. He's he's a great hang. That guy uh, will drink early in the morning, late at night, and play. he still plays really good golf. I think he's 61 or 62 now, coming off an injury. But he's made a ton of money on the Champions Tour. Uh, Won a major out there. Uh, he's kind of like the he's kind of like the king of Mesa. I think he was like the original pro that was out there. Uh, a lot of great guys, and then he recruited some of. Shouldn't say recruited us, but uh, I'm going to say he recruited us because he like, likes us so much. What kind of action do we have out at Mesa? It's small game, but we go um, six sums, two on two on two, sometimes three on three, auto two downs, uh, birdies and eagles are hits, closest two on par threes are hits. If you have a terrible day, you maybe lose two hundred. Great day. What all like if you're a pro, it all depends on your amateur partner. Okay. Like if you have a seven handicap and you shoot 75, you're probably going to win. As a pro, if you shoot 64, you can lose 100 bucks. So it's really just and not you drink eight fun. beers and playing three, four hours or less. Yeah, that's the vital part. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's go back to the little earlier days. Okay, you stop trying to read my notes over here. I see. Yeah, there's we got a lot of copy. We got a lot of cheaters on this yeah. podcast. You and you and Stoltz have these nice laptops. You got. We are like, professionals. Yeah, dude. This I is didn't real realize. Journalism. I was expecting way worse out of you guys. This is, this is real incredible. journalism stuff. All right. Well, you were you were a good junior player coming up. You end up going to the University of Washington. Were you looking anywhere else before you decided on UW? I was looking West Coast for sure, and mostly Northwest. Um, I was a good Northwest player. Didn't play a ton of AJGA stuff, but. Um, I wanted UNLV. Uh, Mr. Knight did not want me. That's probably good for you. Thank God I didn't <laughs> go there. That's good for you. You uh, might have a career. I, <laughs> College. That's impressive to yeah. do that, but it would have been. Yeah. Uh, New Mexico State was kind of on the list because Charlie Belgian was good at the time, and they sent me stuff in the mail and said he was good, so I thought that would work. <laughs> he was good. He was. Um, some small schools in California, but nothing crazy. I, I had some Pac-12 offers, Pac-10 at the time, but uh, scholarship in state was nice, and not Washington State was great. Perfect. Well, so, tell us, you, you end up going to UW. Tell us who some of your roommates were there. Uh, we had, I just missed James Lapp, Brock McKenzie, like that really good run of players. And then we ended up having an incredible run. But Nick Taylor was my, my roommate for two years there. Um, Darren Wallace played some. Um, Richard Lee was on tour for a couple of years. Alex Pruz bounced around off and on a tour. We had a really good run. But um, when I lived with Nick, he was number one in the world. And uh, he hasn't returned to number one in the world since I left. Not saying a couple that's tour a, wins yeah. in six years and a bunch of millions, but he's not number one in the world. He, he wanted me, he he wanted me to ask you something, by the way. Nick Taylor, Nick Taylor, Taylor did, go. yeah. Oh, boy. He wanted to know what was the deal with your uh, with the door in your room during college, and did someone happen to run through it? Oh, normal questions. Uh, I believe he's talking about my actual bedroom door. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well. I'm not exactly sure how it all started because college and late nights, but we were <laughs> played a lot of beer pong. I think like everybody else did. But uh, when we got mad, we'd punch the door. It was next to it. Flimsy, crappy apartment. Start a little hole. Got bigger. And then we had a football player, Daniel Teo Nesheim, who actually uh, played in the NFL for a while. And uh, enough drinks in him. He decided he's going to run through the door. 
Just take the whole door out. The door was gone. You owe us like... our deposit, by the way, dude. That was the... Oh, that was yours? <laughs> yeah, we're going to need, need to get that deposit. I don't think we ever had a chance to get that one back either. We uh, get NFL dudes running through it. Yeah, that was... We took... That was... Wow, that was a long time ago, but that was a lot of fun. He told me you were a great roommate. I was. I made sure when he was practicing all the time, preparing, uh, doing really well, that I had his weekends lined up for him. Mm. And by weekends, I mean like he chose like one a month to go out. And I'm like, I know, okay, we're going here. We're going here. Uh, I got a beer pong thing here for you. Uh, Our other roommate was Kevin Spooner. So between Spooner and Nick Taylor, they were probably the best duo of beer pong I've ever seen. Really? Ever, ever seen. So we would practice with water because... Well, they would play with water. I'd play with beer. But, uh, you don't have to lie on the show. We'd practice with water. Uh, no, they would play, play with water. water I'd play with beer. Yeah. But they would are so good. Uh, and if you made two cups, you got the balls back. And they would run a table all the time. So I would I would go with the money. I bought a travel along beer pong. You guys ever seen those? <laughs> no, I didn't know that was even a oh, thing. Oh, yeah. So it folds up in like a three by three thing you just carry around. So you take it to the party, unfold it. Here's our table. Boom. Line them up, twenty bucks to play, and I was kind of the middleman, and That's I awesome. raked. Yeah, they never. I don't know. Like, I'm sure they lost, but it was late at night when they finally lost. Golfers are good at all those little like bullshit games like that. You know what I mean? Like I think if we did like and, a and beer bags. Olympics, like like beer sport Olympics, we would probably win almost every. Year. That's a good idea. Against like other sports, we're patenting other that sports. right now. We put our trademark on that. We're patenting that. We're going to See, I feel like that. the NBA guys, their hands are too big to hold the ping pong ball. It's like that's Shaq good. when you're shooting free throws. Exactly. That's what I people... mean, you have cornhole, you got darts, foosball, ping pong. Pretty good. All beer, the bar games chugging. golfers are good at. I can't I'll, chug. I'll volunteer for that. All right. You, you can chug? Chugger. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm a, I'm Do you drink it. beer? I thought you only drank vodka. Well, no, this is tequila. Oh, I you switched drink. a year ago to tequila. You feel healthier, slimmer. You look great, by the way. Yeah. I don't know if I feel either of those, but my hangovers are better. Hangovers are so much better. So much. It's not even, It's unbelievable. You stay clear tequila with something clear to mix it in. Like I used to wake up after a long night with vodka, and like I would have the flinches at impact trying to play golf. In tequila, I'm like, oh, yeah, Just I'm have another up, one, and then you're going to go again. That's how it. I felt my whole career. Yeah. Flinch. With or without vodka. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you, I know what it's had, like. Yeah. You kind of had a long putter. You didn't quite anchor. Yeah. I started that. I started that. that rolled like. 250 and then you'd get it around the green and you were then i was great dead. top tenner thank you that's what i was dude just a steady eddie got your entry back tens. paid the hotel bill sometimes enough for outback once in a while blooming onion is that you you treat yourself on the jicky jack yeah, yeah remember the tournament we showed up on the same plane to vegas i think you won right was it a gateway yeah, event did you win that one and yeah. i played good i, I don't know what top I did. five top I think. five yeah, no were... big deal whatever and we just happened to be on the same flight to vegas we didn't I talk. Still remember we didn't, that. Yeah, no, we, we didn't, didn't know we were going to Vegas. You were, you were going with the group. I was going with the group. I remember I walk on the plane. Joel's in the back row, and I was like, "Is that Joel?" And I get back there. He's already got like one or two of the little mini bottles empty in front of him. I was like, "Yo, I'm gonna sit right here." He's like, "Yep." Mm-hmm. And we sent it for the next. It I took, don't know <laughs> how much you can drink in 45 minutes on a Southwest flight <laughs> to Vegas, but we won. I was about to say, if it was a 45 minute flight. If it was 50, they would have been making emergency landing. Like, get these two idiots in the back <laughs> off of this. Thank airport. God it wasn't longer. Yeah, that was fun. You knew how to do it. Isn't but you... it funny the flight to Vegas? How loud and happy everyone oh. is, and then the flight home, everybody's just dead. I remember driving home from Vegas. Oh, it might have been that trip actually, because I met guys from here and were like, "Oh, let's drive back cheaper." the time obviously and i made i said i will never drive home from vegas ever again i don't care if it's in a limo i don't care 
if I have a bed in the back, I'm never driving home from Vegas. Again. It's one of those things you plan at the beginning, and then when it's actually happening, you're like, "This, I'll never do this again." Yeah, the ba- the great thing about flights is you just get another one. You just move them back. Yeah, and then you get back, and then back, and then back, and then like you're like, "Oh, yeah, that's fine." But a car, you have to leave at like one to get home by dinner time, and that's miserable. Yeah, it's no good. And we were talk going back to your Washington days. You were up there. Sound like you're having a pretty good time. Maybe a little bit too good of a time, being that famously you didn't make it all the way through the four years there. What was the cause of that? Was it because of this, the beer pong and stuff? Or was it just like, yeah, I don't really like school? I didn't like school. I I had no... I mean, I was a smart kid. I still think I'm pretty smart. I'm real smart. Uh, but I didn't understand. I thought that I was like an athlete. And I thought athletes could do whatever they wanted. Turns out when you're at like a big time school that they don't care about golfers. Especially mm-hmm. freshman golfers who are like maybe like 150th in the country. You don't get preferential treatment when you go to class. <laughs> You're not uh, really bringing any money to the school. Uh, no, I'm costing them. Yes. Yeah, I, I realized that. So it was, uh, I thought about coming back. Well, the coach was awesome at Thurman now at a- ASU. Um, he's like, hey, go to community college for a year, study, come back. Um, and I, I did that. I went, I went to community college for the first semester, did okay, survived. I'm like, okay, I'm on my way back. And then I started playing amateur events. And I was like, this is way better than going to school. And then I was like, I'm still pretty good at golf. Why do I need a degree? Why do I need a piece of paper? And then I still had a lot of fun and did a lot of... Th- I did. I just partied. Uh, nothing too crazy, but typical college kid who didn't want to go to class. Did you ever get your degree? No. Do okay. want to get So it. we got one degree at this table right now. Sorry, guys. I'm the authority <laughs> here on all things intellect. So Does TCU count? <laughs> Look up to me. Does it count, bro? It's, please. It's borderline Ivy League. It's Ivy League, Ivy of, Fort League of Fort Worth. Ivy League of Fort Worth. Yeah. The North Texas Ivy League, dude. Texas right. Wayland and TCU. <laughs> Texas, Texas Wesleyan. Wesleyan. Sorry, Wayland. I thought it was Wayland. Uh, how, how close are you at SMU? I think I have like 12 or 15 hours left. You should knock that out. I'm busy. Quarantine was a yeah. great time to do it. If one would think Whatever. if you're ever going to get it. Between this and Sirius XM, we're, we're just you know, yeah, we're dude, entertaining the world. If too you busy. got a, what was your degree going to be in? Sociology. What is that? I'd say if it's communications, you'd be dying. Define sociology <laughs> yeah, for us scary. real quick. Yeah. Actually, like, that was my... I, I took murder of sociology first class freshman year, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. So I, like, really enjoyed the class. And then she's like, all right, write a 10-page paper. And I'm like, I've ten. never wrote more than, like, a two-page paper. I don't know how to do that. So I didn't do it. Good. Good choice. Yeah, so, that was a good choice. And you started playing golf instead. Did you turn pro, like, after you went to community college playing amateur golf, like, hey, this is it, better than school? Did you turn pro right away? It or took me, like, it? two years because I had a little bit of money because I worked valet in downtown Seattle, and that is a lot of money, by the way. Those valet guys, especially in Seattle, at a nice hotel, nice restaurant. I was making a bunch of money. So I just run back home and buy all the beers for everybody for it because their college kids has no nice money. Guy. I know. I always pick up the bar tab. Ask, ask my boy Fleener. We'll get into that shirt here. Yeah, in a little bit. Microsoft That's a great tips shirt. well. Uh, I I never have a problem paying for a tab as long as you guys hang out with me, and have a good time. So maybe I pay for my friends. Maybe I'm starting to figure that one out. Yeah, it but uh, there's a reason you're so popular. Yeah, it took me till basically two years. I moved back home uh, for a year. My dad's rule was either go to school or get a job, and both those sounded terrible. So I kind of got a job at the golf course that I grew up at, like enough to get by. And then um, I was like, I can't do this. I can't live here anymore, small town. So I decided to turn pro. What was your first big, like decently big check where you were like, okay, I got some cash. I'm, I'm comfortable now. It was my third Canadian Tour event, uh, Victoria. I finished. I was actually second to last group with Brock McKenzie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he he won. No, he won the next year. Uh, 
But I remember, I think we were two back going the last round. I birdied one and I fist bumped one. Hell yeah. That's and true Jicky spirit right I there. I was so yeah. pumped. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to win. And then I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I get uh, it. I get it. Uh, I think I cashed like seven or eight grand and I was so wealthy. Like I wasn't rich. I was wealthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just thought that I'm never, I'm, I'm an, I've made it. Like this doesn't get better in this moment right here. And now, now when you're on tour, you finish 40th and make 30 grand. You're like, God. Yeah, the two will really numb you real quick. It will. It'll. I'm trying to not be numb to that, but um, the tour's caches. But dude, in Comical. Canada, like you mentioned, you finished whatever. You made seven, eight grand. Like I traveled with guys like Graham Dillette before he came up, yeah. right? You, I was playing the same multiple years up there with you. Even though it's not all the money in the world, like that tour, those just like we were talking with the Jiggies, it's so fun. Like, dude, you all your friends are sharing in that seven, eight grand. Like you're having, you're out there. You're, I'm king of the world with eight grand. Like is playing on tour now take the money element out of it is it as fun playing on the pj tour as you had like back in those days when it was just like if you take like no playing the back nine on sunday for a lot of money there's nothing close to having as much fun on the mini tours as like you're four wide in hotel traveling place to place uh you're all in it together you're rooting for your buddies as hard as possible out on tour you're like oh yeah whatever you'll just be fine but like you're like rooting for everybody around you your same crappy cities left and right i do love canada um so they're not that crappy up there, but um, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> sorry, Grant. No offense to the country yeah. of Canada. Yeah. We it's just there's, I love Canada. The the camaraderie of mini tours is completely different. As soon as you get to web tour, there's still some camaraderie because you're still kind of hanging out. But the tour, there's no camaraderie. It's like, oh hey, we're fun. Let's go to a nice dinner, and it's like, okay, that's fine. And then your wives hang out, and then you hang out with other guys. But the camaraderie of mini tours is so much fun. Yeah, and the fun, like, did you have to, so you, you obviously came off of Canada to go to the Corn Ferry, now you're on the PJ Tour. Did you have to, like, tone down? Now that you're on the PJ Tour, are you, like, toning down the fun? Because, dude, you, we used to go on that you know, on those tours, right? Yeah. Like, I can't imagine you're still, like, it's a total different business. The group there. I had went really hard in Canada. I think it was no one else. Well, Harkins made it. Um, Strickler made it for a year. A couple of those guys, but we didn't have, like, like you, you had, like, Graham Dillette and, and Dre Gonzalez. Like, they made it, and they've done stuff, and... There's been a couple guys, but they weren't a part of our crew. It's like Finau was up there for a year. Well, he didn't hang out with he us because he was yeah. doing something like he was like you're like supposed to be getting doing. better. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't. I didn't understand that for a couple of years. But once I saw everybody, I thought I was better than moving up at least to the web tour. I'm like, man, I should probably do what they're doing. That sounds like a better idea. So it took a couple of years of having fun, um, but I knew that I had the game, or thought I did. No one knows. I guess it's kind of a hard deal, but. Um, I realized I had to practice a little bit, had to tone it down, at least during the golf portion of things. There's plenty of time to have fun as a pro golfer, which I realized, and that's not necessarily on a Friday or Saturday. Mostly you on a not. Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Fridays are great if you miss a cut. Sunday nights are way better. Sunday nights are way better. In cer- especially in certain places, which we will. Did I got a story real quick. When we were, I remember one event in Canada. We were in Saskatoon, right? It was, it was Graham Dillette's home, home joint out there, yeah. right? That Lynx course that was up yeah. there. I remember I was playing well. You were having like a weird one-off week or whatever, and we were hitting balls at the same time on the range. And I was like all nervous. I was like, dude, if I win, like this matters and all this stuff. And you like couldn't care less. I think you're already going to graduate. You'd already won like once or twice out there. But we're sitting there hitting balls, talking on the range, and you're just firing these intentional sh- He's like, you're like, Sils, watch this, watch this. And you would hit the hardest shank I've ever seen in my life on purpose and, like, look around. People were, like, looking at you like, yo, this dude's got the shanks right now. But you had this intentional shank that you were just working on on the range. You still got that? Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> uh, I don't, I'm pretty good at shanking the golf ball. I've, I think if you can hit a hosel, you can hit the center. And if you practice a hosel, you'll never – it won't come up when, it, when it's not supposed to come up. Uh, but – a pretty good hustle story. I was uh, 
It was last year. Well, yeah, I guess last year at Wells Fargo, Max won. But we came after Lorraine Delay. We only had four or five holes left. And I'm in second place. Uh, probably no real chance to win unless Max hit it in the water, made some major mistake. But I was hitting hosels before we were going back out. And I'm in second place at Wells. And like guy, I can hear guys like laughing behind me like in the crowd. There's 10 or 12 guys. But... They're like, oh my god, can you believe what's going on? And this guy must be can't. He's done. Yeah. Almost always, I go to the range. I'll, I try to set up on the left side so everybody can get a taste of the hustle yeah, going they past can all them. See it, yeah. And now most guys know what's going on, but uh, it's still hilarious to see some people and the reaction when I'm hosling three or four in a row. Where's the wells? That was on. Per- those were intentional shanks. Those were. Range. I was nervous. That's, that's, that's fun, a unique but, warm-up routine. Yeah. I've never heard that though. If you, if you can hit the hosel, you can hit the center. If you could dodge I, a wrench, you could dodge a ball. That's true. You know, but like. I mean, I'm serious. I've tried to hit check. I'm terrible at it. It's and so yeah. hard. Like this old guy, Todd Fisher. I shouldn't say he's old. He's just a veteran guy. that was out on the web and all this. I mean, he was unbelievable at hitting just intentional hosels. I remember one year at the Players, he brought an old, like a club he wasn't going to use, and would shank a few in the, few in a row in the water on 17. And the place was just like going crazy. But he put that old club in Jason Gore's bag. And he went over and grabbed one of Gore's clubs, shanked it, snapped it over his knee, and threw it in the water. And everybody was like, oh, my God, he just broke one of Jason Gore's clubs. That is a great yeah. moment. That Especially at really 17 yeah. at Sawgrass. Yeah. Maybe put that in your pocket Bottles. for the right time. Uh, Gino, if you're listening, can we get an old club, please? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. There you go. I mean, you just said Gino, so we might as well get into him. I mean, y'all have one of the greatest relationships on the PGA Tour. Gino is your caddy. Yep. He's been with you for a very long time. Started with you before you even actually wanted him to start with you. True. Yeah, it was. Uh, I graduated off the PGA Tour Canada in '14. Uh, played great that summer. He wrote me an email like, well, he had. It, he said he wrote it all summer, but he, it was delivered like the Monday after I had officially graduated. And he's like, "I want a caddy for you." He wrote out this long email, and it's just uh, he's gonna like get a Honda Civic. He's gonna make it, it like modify it to where he could like sleep in the back and drive the entire circuit, and how he could like do it. He at the time he had a young kid uh married obviously and i'm like you i don't think you understand what caddying is man it's like hard work it kind of sucks mostly and i'm on the web tour i'm not gonna make any money he's like no let's let's do it i believe in you we can do this whole thing so i like kind of left it on the back burner for like three or four months he's like so am i gonna quit my job or not and i'm like man if you if your wife says okay i talked to holly for a while she said give it a go um his in-laws were super helpful. His parents were helpful with the kid. Um, Holly had a good job at home. He's like, I'm sick of my desk job. I love golf. I want a caddy. All right, dude, come on out. And uh, there were some growing pains for him. And I wasn't, you know, first year web guy, not great. Learning everything. Uh, he was learning a ton, obviously. So we, we went through some growing pains, but uh, he stuck it out. He always believed in me more than I believed in myself, which I thought was incredible. Uh, he's like, man, I think we can do this. Uh and it's great to have your best friend when you're, you hate to call the, the web tour a jinky jank, but it's it's not. But the way that we travel kind of is. We drive seven, eight hours. We'd always stay in the same hotel together, um, eat firehouse. We ate a lot of firehouse subs, which was, mm. I actually drove past one the other day. I'm like, ooh, I kind of missed that place. There's so, one up north. Fine yeah. time. Let's go, we'll go back just for old time's sake. Uh, so we did a lot of that stuff, which was fun. But he always kept me in line as far as golf concerned. And like, there was plenty of time for fun. But um, yeah, when, when it was time to play golf, he, he had me ready for it, and uh, I'm glad that he's with me now because he he put in the time and the effort as much as I have, certainly. That's awesome. And you've said in the past before, like you guys have arguably the best relationship, I would say, of player caddy on PJ Tour. But you also say 
I fire and unfire Gino every single round, right? There are times where you're fired and then you're back in, right? Have you guys ever legitimately had a situation where you're like, hey, maybe maybe we need to explore other options? Or like genuinely be mad at him? Yeah, it's like a brother. Like you can get really mad at your brother for like days. But like he was so good about not taking what I said personal. Like I would fire some shots at him. Not fairly, obviously, but um, he always came back with like a great attitude, was willing to talk through it. And I'm like, hey, I just want this in this situation next time. And he learned from every little mistake. I obviously learned as well not to beat him up all the time. And uh, it's really came out to a great situation. But we had one. Well, it was web final. So it was I had my car. I got my card off the web tour in summer 16. So I played rookie year kind of 17 and lost my card went back to web finals and I was in like right near the lead knowing like top five gets me my card back. And, uh, I said this one hole, don't let me hit driver. And I talked him into driver okay. <laughs> Thanks, in the trees. <laughs> and then I said, all right, we talked to him there. Like this week, I just got to chip out. Don't make doubles. He told me I could hit the shot. Well, I talked him into it, but he said, okay, made double. And I lit him up like, I've never let anybody before. Like, I'm like, this costs my job. Like, you know, you go all through this whole thing. And we have, I have 10 holes to play. And if I play like one over in these 10 holes, I'm going to get my card back. He's like, I called him some bad names and lit him up. And I kept going. I hit my shot on nine and he turned around and he goes, I wasn't effing trying to screw you up. Like I'm here for you too, whatever kind of a deal. And he settled me back down and we went on with it and uh, actually made double on 18 but still played well enough the rest of the way to get my card. And I just broke down in tears after I knew I'd finished. I knew I'd get my card back and broke down in tears. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I treated you that way. It'll never happen again. I think that was a huge growing point for both of us. Uh, and I don't think I've ever, I've definitely never like lit him up anymore. Obviously he knows I'm mad at him when he gives me a wrong club or yeah. wrong read, but that's pretty standard. But since then, I think that was like a turning point with me anyways of treating like this guy's in it for the same reasons I'm in it. He's, the money I make goes to him and his family and he's out sacrificing as much as I am. And, uh, it was a cool moment. I think it was a real big transition in our career, I guess as you could say. Yeah. So you learned a lot from that moment, but back in 2017, you actually caddied for him. I did. And I think a mid-am qualifier. I did. It would have been, uh, yeah, that was actually, it was two weeks, a week before that crazy moment or two weeks before that crazy moment. So we were, uh, right before the Boise, tournament of that uh there's a mid-am qualifier in, in idaho mccall and uh caddied for him uh i've never seen my caddy well so i play with him all the time he's a good player obviously i've never seen him more nervous in my life so we were out having a grand old time and he birdies the first three holes and he immediately froze he knew that if he like part in from there <laughs> he's it. locked and loaded yeah. i so i'm watching this happen <laughs> And I'm like, is this what I look like when this is happening? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, crap. Okay. So both of us were like, I'm trying to guide him around this golf course of like, okay, hybrid here, like do this, like pitch out of this tree. And it was a really wild experience. And uh, he made an incredible par in 18, thought to get to a playoff, ended up a guy making a bogey and he got in. But uh, that was a really cool moment for us because that was his first USGA event he qualified for. Probably his biggest event. I mean, he's played state ams and all that stuff, but um that was so much fun, and uh, I always said if you he's he hasn't he hasn't tried to qualify again because he's always caddying for me and go dude you got to take this week off like go play like go you got to do these things 
And I'm like, if you ever go back, I'm I'm catting for you in the USGA thing. I heard the bag was a little heavy when you got there. <laughs> oh, jeez. You guys have so much info. Yeah, don't incredible. worry about our sources, dude. We got boots on the ground. <laughs> Holy cow. So, uh, show up. And I, I might even be having, I, I think he's got like tea off. It's like 730. I'm probably having a beer in the truck. Cause it's cold. It's, we're in the mountains of Idaho in September. It's like 45 degrees before, like when you show up and I'm like, dude, you can warm up by yourself. Like, I don't need to help you. He was like very insistent about, so I go out to the range, like after a few minutes and like kind of helping out clean clubs, like doing nothing. And he was so insistent about grabbing the bag and taking it back. This is Idaho, by the way. So you had to get back in your car and drive to the clubhouse to get to the first tee because oh. the range is so far away, standard. And I'm like, why is he so insistent? So I finally grab it like to go to the first tee. And I'm like, this thing is a brick. He's got like a, a hoofer bag, a standard small bag. It is ways way more than any staff I ever picked up in my life. <laughs> like what could possibly be in here? Like, so I start going through and finally get to the big pocket. He literally put three or four rock like big rocks like <laughs> boulders in this thing and i he is like he falls over laughing so hard and i'm like were you did you actually think i was going to do this and he uh we had a really good laugh about that i think it kind of helped him out those first three holes by thinking i was going to carry like a 70 pound bag around have you ever done any pranks to him with the bag um i i don't think i have i know that he gets pranked a lot by his fellow caddies i think that's kind of a fellow but he everyone loves him he's fun to be around so i think they try to get him all the time i know that one time he caddied nine hole practice round with a full bag of balls in the belly love that and he's like this is so heavy what's going on and it was tim giuliano who's harkins caddy i'll tell you a quick one there's this guy out on tour uh they call pepsi oh yeah he, he's known he goes around oh. hiding pepsi he, he, he got us too place. so we're playing Napa, and my guy John Davenport's caddying for me, and we get to the 11th hole, and all of a sudden, I watch Pepsi, like, reaching. I'm like, hey, that's not your bag. And then he pulls out a Pepsi. He had, like, a whole six-pack of Pepsis in my bag that John had to carry the whole way around. I was like, oh, that was, that was pretty good, actually. Yeah. I didn't say a word to John. I let him keep going. We were at Wyndham, and it was, I mean, Wyndham in Greensboro, North Carolina, August is so hot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, I was like, okay, this guy drinks Pepsi hot. Like, he'll drink some waters today. He doesn't drink no. water. He said water makes him sick. I'm like, well, that's pretty good that's internal. When you, that's that when is, you know you're functioning. So not true. Yeah. At the Dude. highest level when water makes you sick. It no is water. such. And I'm like, oh. So, but first when he pulls out, we're make the turn on one. He goes underneath the grandstands, finds one, pulls it out underneath like the, the apron at the bottom. I'm like, what is going on? Fourth tee out of her bag. Yep. It was only one for us, but it was just absolutely incredible. Respect. It takes some forethought so, to pull that off. I'm like, do you, like, we were off early. Like, how early do you have to go out to stash these six? I think he does it during, like, the practice round. Like, Tuesday, and then he'll go he out carries and walk. He like, carries, like, a little around, yeah. right? And he grabs the ice, dumps it in, and yeah. he rolls with his Pepsi. God, I, like can, the I mean, imagine with 110 drinking Pepsi all Oh, my God. I, Respect. No, we had you. Daly on here recently said he once drank 28 Diet Cokes in a day. So, it can be done. I Only went, for the top, top athletes. Uh, I quarantine challenge for me uh costco is now selling uh 24 well they sell their 12 packs of white claws but they put them together so they only sell at 24 i'm like i'm gonna get through all 24 of these today i got to 22 and my wife kind of said maybe you should probably not have another one <laughs> and fix the lights by the way <laughs> yeah get up on that ladder after 22 white claws. i was i was kind of disappointed it's actually just last saturday that was only that's a hell of a run ago. it was pretty good i definitely could have had two more for for the record i could have got there I'll, I'll, I'll pretend you got to the 24 you i know you well, I, enough, you well the problem it. is it's a little warm out now and you gotta kind of either hydrate really hard before 
or die the next day. I'm <laughs> yeah. not sure which one's the best option. Yep. I love it. We're talking about we were talking about Gino and your great relationship. I want to get to another great relationship. How is your boy Sung Kang doing right now? <laughs> you know what's weird about Sung uh, is that I never spoke to him before the incident. And I certainly haven't spoke to him since, so uh, I would say it's the same. That was going to be my next question. Have you guys, has there ever been a, like, squash the beef, hey, it's over, any of that? Have you had any conversation with him since that day? And it was in Maryland, right? Yeah, we were in Maryland at D.C. Uh, he, I played with Tiger Saturday. I thought that was the biggest moment of my career. And it was up to the moment. And then 24 hours later, I had another, by far the biggest moment of my <laughs> career and mostly what I'm still known for now. But he came... I don't know. It's probably a month later, maybe. And we're Canadian Open. I think Wednesday, kind of practicing around. And he's like, hey, Joel, can I talk to you? And I'm like, sure. I'm like, what could he possibly want to say? He's like, I want you to apologize to me. Mm. Well, like, let's describe the moment. For yeah, might not for, know. If just for so, everyone who might 2018 know. Quicken Loans in D.C. This is fun. Yeah, this is Sunday, This correct? is fun. Sunday. Sunday. Y'all are playing well. Yeah, we're around top 10 starting Sunday. He goes for a par 5 and 2, number 10. Yep. Pulls it. Have you played there? Yes. Yeah. I know that hole, yeah. Claims it crossed. You say, no, sir, it did not cross. Yep. In in his defense, from 230 away, it was really close to crossing. But as I got up there and you saw the physics of the ground, like, it is a steep slope left and, like, almost kicks, well, definitely kicks right if it lands on the red line. So it was one of those. But um, he wanted to drop up by the green. I said, no, like, I don't think it crossed. I went, like, very political about the whole thing. You got to protect the field. Like, I don't want to do this, but I think you got to do, you know. That was the first five minutes. The next five minutes was, I don't even know. It's kind of became a blur, but it was like hemming and hawing about, he's like, well, what if I drop back here? I'm like, that's even further right than like, that's impossible for you to do there. So I, I got him to agree his ball didn't draw. I go, so if you hit from back there and your ball didn't draw, then it couldn't have crossed. Go back and forth. I have the shotling guy on my team. I got the spotter who was standing almost, it almost hit the spotter there. He marked his ball immediately in the hazard. Um, I think it was 25 minutes later. Well, we had a rules official. We had a rules official come over at 15 minutes, and he's like, "What do you think?" And I go, "Well, I know that he didn't cross here. I don't feel comfortable with it. It's got to go back." So then he like goes back. He drives Sung all the way back. During this time, I mean, we're like fourth or fifth to the last group, and we're holding up everybody. Ben Crane. And Ryan Palmer play through us. You're the only guy in the world who's hey guys, Ben Crane go play ahead, through. Go ahead and send it. They played. I don't have. I don't think there's been another instance in tour that anyone knows of. I'm sure it's happened, but like that someone played through. I didn't know it was allowed. Well, I didn't either. But Ben Crane and Ryan, Ryan Palmer played through, and I'm laughing. I'm like Ben Crane, and he's like, "What is going on?" And I'm like, "Don't worry about it, guys. Just go." Uh, so that was an interesting one. But it just eventually came down to the rules. Fish came over to me and he goes. I can't do anything about this. I didn't see the golf shot. We have to go with a player in this instance. I go, the rules of golf are not helping me right now. And they're just letting this guy do whatever he wants. So he decided I, I would have been way more. I probably would have, I would have been more comfortable. He would have dropped right next to the green where his ball kind of was. He was like hole high. He went like 40 yards back where way more right of where that line is. And then he had a good shot, made the putt. Proceeded to make multiple birdies coming in, finishes T3, locks up his card for the year, goes to the British Open. And uh, I was pretty heated all day. Everybody's like, oh, you just 
you didn't you just called him out because you didn't want to or like because you were losing to him whatever i'm like i he was so far ahead of me at the moment it didn't matter like i think i finished like 20th but uh then you have a guy on twitter that comes out and says hey joel what happened on 10 y'all let a group go through yeah and i decided uh i had a couple beers at the time obviously <laughs> but i explained the situation by using the c word which is cheating in golf so mm. I've learned since that's I've a difference. There's come two to this C-words. side. There's two C words. <laughs> yeah. Cheating and golf cheating is, is worse than the other one. In golf. I totally agree. Yeah. And I've learned since I've come to this side, uh, that word is not very, they don't like that word very much. They don't. Uh, but I felt that it was appropriate. I, who, I ran around the clubhouse as soon as I finished. There's guys like, this is BS. Um, the only thing I wish I would have changed is I wouldn't have signed a scorecard. I talked to Gina about it for eight holes. We finished. And I was like, so I signed, he's like, if you don't sign, someone else is going to. So yeah. like, like, why waste yeah. 10 minutes of your time? Like, the only thing that would have just really firmed up everything, I just wouldn't have signed it. Some, a rules pitcher came in, signed it, it would have been done. But I still um, put it this way. He withdrew the next week. I had my career best finish of fifth at Greenbrier. The next week at John Deere, I had my, ne- my career best finish of T2. So I slept okay, played yeah. great. And... Karma. uh He's he's obviously a good player. He won last year. He did whatever, but I think um, so. Take us back to Canadian. Yeah, Open, what, what ha- back, give me that conversation. Uh, I got to know last, what happened. Yeah, to conversation. so uh, Canadian Open. So we're Wednesday, whatever. He comes up. And he's like, Joe, can I talk to you? I'm like, sure. I was actually in the middle of my first putting lesson with this coach, who I'm paying quite a bit of money to help fix my putting, obviously. And he goes, Joel, I want you to apologize to me. I said, apologize to me. I go look around. You should apologize to everybody else that was in that field. You took money from him. You did all this stuff. And we just went back and forth for five minutes about apologizing. And finally, he's like, well, you did this to, you know, you ruined my reputation and this. And I go, you did it to yourself. I didn't do this. Like, either way, this was getting out and everyone knows it. So I just accelerated it a little bit. Um, but that was it, it was back and forth of five minutes of I, I told him to apologize to me. He really wanted me to apologize to him. And then it uh, we have not spoke since. So, it's not squashed. You're not. He, he's not inviting you to his birthday. No, he's That's not fine. invited to mine either. What was the reaction from the other play? Like, I know what the media did. And I know I saw the stuff in the media. Just like, yeah. but what were the players' reaction? Were people coming so, up to you saying like you did the right thing? Or? I was a second year guy at the time. Really didn't know that many people. Wasn't playing great golf. Um, kind of a nobody. And I had multiple major champions the next week, Greenbrier, thanking me for standing up for what was right, saying how hard it is to do. We've all been in that situation as a golfer of like, man, I don't think it crossed there. I know it didn't cross there, but how do you bring that up? How do you, you know, no one wants to, you know, be the, be the asshole in the group kind of a deal. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, for, it was just like, I had a lot of, I would say 99% was incredible. Um, There's 1% that probably, that I shouldn't do it, but you can guess who that 1% is. Yeah. It takes a lot of guts to do it, though, because it's tough, because we've all seen instances where you're like, eh, that might not be the Questionable. best. Wait, so, and I think a lot of those are like 10 or 20 yards. Did it hook here? Did it hook here? But this one was so egregious. Like, it was just so not even possible, and it mattered so much. It's mm-hmm. like one thing, like, I think we've, we've both done it. It's like, man, I got hit in the water, but he's five over going on the cut. I'm like, just drop it and hurry up. And like, let's get out of here. Yes. Like, we don't care. You're not affecting anything. Maybe in even 50th, you're like, maybe like whatever. But like, that was close. All right. But this one was just too much. This is where your experience on the jig, playing in the number of years that you did on the jigs, that helped. I've seen dudes hit quacks off. I mean, these things didn't get knee high and didn't cross nothing. And like, oh, what you, up here, what do you think? By, right by the green? I'm like, 
like you know right. what I mean? It's there's no hey bring in shot link and all that stuff. It's right. literally just you versus the dude. So. Yeah, so we had I mean like I said, and since then I've kind of been known. Some people call me the sheriff out there, which is <laughs> I like that. Kind of it's laughable, nice. but <laughs> with uh, the mustache. Yeah, yeah you look well, like a I cop, dude. If you get to get the proper lenses on, yeah, you could do it. But it was it was interesting, but I think honestly it kind of started maybe like a new thing of like being more aware of this and maybe standing up to it more and you hear more and more about it of oh this drop happened but we called him out on it or i think it opened the door a little bit i think jimmy walker's uh backstopping instance mm-hmm. thing when he called it out like that opened that changed the backstopping thing forever on tour i think Every, people are yeah. running to mark their balls now they don't want to be the backstopper helping their buddy out so I think mine, you're just, you're hearing more anyways, at least in the locker room, about this drop happened and we actually called them on it or this and that. So I think you hear most about it on social media and Twitter. There's all the Twitter trolls out there, which I know you have some. Oh I yeah. Mean, after that means you, you fin- made it. After yeah, after you finished second at Wells Fargo, I mean there were some guys hating on you for finishing second, which is absurd. You made eight hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, nice week, idiot. Yeah. Nice eight hundred. Yeah. <laughs> they hate on you for you know maybe ruining their fantasy team and all that. But I heard a little from a little birdie back in the day. You got a little oh, yeah. upset at a tour player for ruining your little fantasy team back in the day. I do you know this off the top of your head? This is good. Wow, you guys have gone so deep. I don't actually know. <laughs> so I heard you uh, confronted go. Jason Gore about messing up his fantasy team <laughs> back in the day. Yes, the truth comes out. I don't even know if I remember this either. Well, this I know first. that Gore and I have gone back and forth a bit. Uh, we've had some fun. Uh, I don't know if I recall this one. Well, luckily I did we have do. fantasy teams prior well, I'll to just, my... I'll just read it, who I got it from real quick, so I can make sure I get it correct. We're, we're serious about journalism. We have multiple so sources. You guys is... are full on media now. Oh, not, you guys are the enemy. This ain't a joke, dude. <laughs> this is not a joke. So just to refresh your memory, this is from the great Andres Gonzalez. There you go. Just for your source. He's basically honest, Abe. He wouldn't lie. He goes, we had an outing at Coeur d'Alene Resort, and yes, Jason Gore was one of the pros. It was later in the year, maybe 2015. Joel went up to him and said he had him on his fantasy team and that Jason needed to step up his game. Jason didn't seem to know how to take it and perceived him to be perturbed. Joel didn't let up the whole day. <laughs> this I is, do now. It's come full <laughs> circle <laughs> now, dude. Now, so now you can't side. get mad at these haters since you were one of them before you made it. I was, but I needed that fantasy money to keep going, guys. I needed my, well, at that time, I was, I think I was in... Well, it's we call it the Montana League. I don't know some guy in Montana run, but there's hundreds of people in it now. This is a little smaller back in the day, but you'd pick one guy. Sorry, you you have 25 points. However much money they made the previous year was their point total. Five million is five points. One million or less or rookies are one point. And uh, I kind of thought Gore might maybe like a sneaky one pointer. I don't think he, maybe he's coming off the web for his 19th time, or maybe he, he kept his card. I'm not <laughs> sure. Take <laughs> all this down. There you go. <laughs> Well, now he's player relations with the USGA, yeah, and we, we just oh, his job is to get ripped on, I guess. So, yeah, but I, I mean, we it was probably a crowd of a couple hundred people were doing a clinic type thing, and we all had mics on, oh, and wow. I, I lit him up pretty good. That's good. It's all but come back. I think I I played despite him. Obviously, I, I think my team was good enough to get my money back that year. Okay, good. All right, that's good. That's a good story. You got a lot of good stories. Let's get into a little story time right now. We're gonna rewind it back now. That's a good story about Twitter. Rewind it back to the Jickies back in our days when we were playing. I remember a certain event. You're on the Gateway Tour. I believe the event was Papago, right? Uh, Papago Golf Course. Sto- this I is love a great this story. I'm just. I'll leave it there. You just take over from there. You know what? You know the one I'm talking about. Such a good story. Yeah, it's the, one of the best. I. Uh, this is. I. It was a spring of 12. I had just met my now wife. 
Love you, Lana. And uh, <laughs> we we were pretty new. Uh, we were only in a month or two. Um, so it's, you know, pretty smitten by this young gal. And uh, played Papago first two rounds. Pretty sure I'm going to miss a cut. Cruised to her place. At the time, she lived in Arcadia. We like to have fun, obviously, still do. But we went out early, crushed it. Had a great time. I got like a email, like Blue Golf was an email, like yep. you have a tea time at eight o'clock. And I'm like, I didn't make the cut. I don't know how it's possible. Whatever. I'm too far and having fun. Not stopping now. Go out. Great time. I'm like, yes, I'll get up at like 6 a.m. to get to this stupid thing and to shoot 75 and collect my last place check and get my entry fee back. Well, I wake up, go out to my car. No, not true. My car was in Old Town. So I had grabbed a cab to Old Town to get my car, locked my keys in my car. Mm, that'll happen. My clubs are in my trunk. I have no golf clothes because I stayed at her house. I got nothing. So I wear the same. So I call Ryan Prey, head of the tour at the time. I go, Ryan, I'm just going to withdraw. Like, just give me last place money. Um, like you would give me other, like, fifth place. Which, yeah. which yeah. unless yeah, you shot 65, you're getting that. anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I was like, I'll just show up. I'll just whatever. So he's like, don't come down here. We'll we'll get you. We'll figure it out. We'll we'll go through like all of our clubs and we'll we'll give you something. Well, we get out there and he's like, oh, I don't have my clubs. Tom didn't have his clubs. The other tour guy and I'm like, all right. He's like, oh, I'll just grab a rental set. And I'm like, I I just want to go home. Like I'm gonna shoot a million anyways. So I grab a rental set. It is like a regular shaft. I think like an R7 at the time. So I go into the shop and like, does anybody have like a lob wedge I can use? It's actually like decent. Grab a kid's lob wedge. He's like, don't hit it out of the desert. Like, this is new. I'm like, <laughs> that's so good. All right, that's fair. I'm like, can I borrow a putter too? This thing sucks. So I grab a putter. I The first tee is par five. You normally can get home and easy. And I, I moonball this thing like 240. And I'm like, this is what I'm playing with today. I look, I'm like, I got to get out of here. I think it's playing with Eric Meyer Dirks as well. It's kind of a mini tour. Who hits legend. it 350 yards. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're 100 I, yards behind. I am miserably hungover, cruising around, but. I get it. I shoot a bogey-free 67. I don't know how I did it. I birdied all four par fives because I had to lay up, wedged it, and I birdied the short par uh, par four 12 with another wedge, bogey-free 67. Move up to like seventh place or something like that. Make another like four or five grand, and I'm like, that is an unbelievable round. No one will ever appreciate what I just did with these golf clubs. That's arguably the best round you've ever played. I remember that hearing about it. Like yeah. word was tr like trickling down. They're like, yo, Joel's playing with rental set today. I was like, ah, oh, he's going to shoot a hundred. This will be great. And then I get in. It's like, uh, six, seven, huh? Cool. So he just he beat just me. Beat me. I, yeah, all my I was stuff like, I got all my early. shit. Great. I got my real clubs. It was, That's one of the better rounds that, that doesn't get enough attention. I agree. That one is, uh, does not get enough attention. Um, but that was a really good round of golf. I, I remember like super hungover, sweated it out to where you feel okay and then just dying like the last like three or four holes i'm like i gotta get this in the house i think i had a really good up and down from 30 or 40 yards in the last and i was so jacked For i'm pretty sure i drove right back to lana's house and we started drinking again to i just made an all extra four racks so let's go spend it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what you do on the jicks of course that's, that's you get it i got one last gino comment from from him for you uh, so how'd you guys get his number don't oh, worry about it. i've got skills bro anyways he tells me that you have the self-proclaimed yips with basically at some point you've had them with every club in the bag or every facet of the game. This is interesting. Which I've never heard this. So I want to discuss <laughs> this. And I'll just give you an example. He told me, he goes, I'll tell Joel he has 100 yards to the front and 110 to the hole. And, he'll, and your response will be, that's a sandwich. I can't hit that club. I have the sandwich yips. 
and it and it just happens like randomly throughout the year. And I got more examples, but I yeah. just want you to kind of explain to me how the hell one of the best players in the world can have the yips with every club in the back. There comes a time <laughs> that it's just not going to work. And not if you would ask me to do it maybe earlier or later than that, I'm like, oh, it's 110, like sandwich. Got it. No problem. But every now and then I get this feeling. And I'm <laughs> most definitely amateurs can relate, I think. I'm probably golfers, but um, I, I like, I can only do one shot with it. Like, like at that moment, I'm like, I'm either going to knife it or I'm going to chunk it. If you give me a 50 degree or a pitching wedge, I can probably figure out a way to finagle it up there. He's like, but it's a perfect club. I don't know what the problem is. I'm like, this isn't going to work. This club is not going to work right now. So this is another thing we've battled through for a while. I'm like, uh, sometimes he loves a three wood one. He's like, that's three wood. I'm like, a three wood? Like, that is not going to work here. I go, it's driver or four iron. He's like, well, driver goes in the water. I'm like, I'll just chip it out there. It'll be fine. Like, I can do that way better than three wood. But I get these, and it happens a lot on the greens. I'll have like a 15-footer down the hill, and I'm like, Gino, this is either four feet short or 12 feet past. He goes, you're telling me that you have a 16-foot window this ball will not go into? I go, this ball is not going to go next to the hole. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, should we chip it? Like, I don't know. And I'll get these. And for a long time, I would smash it past hole every time. I, I was like, Gino, I told you. I told you this was going to happen. He told me you have had the punch-out yips. Oh yeah, those are real. That was actually during that time. <laughs> had, punch out, oh yes. yeah, that's real. That's every golfer knows. So those. I, need, I need to go see Club Pro guy for that punch out thing. Yep. Apparently, yeah, there's a guy for that. He also <laughs> gave me a specific story. I believe Bay Hill this year, number six, the par five around the water. You uh, hit the fairway bunker, and oh. you were trying to just lay up with a nine iron, just hit it out to the right. And just, he said you get over it, and you turn around, and you're like, this is going in the water. And he's like, what? And he goes, there's no chance this ball can go in the water. And he goes. Well, is there any way I can help you so this does not happen? And you're like, no, there's no, there's only one place this ball's going and it's in the water. He goes, so these are the things I deal with with Joel, but I love him so much that we just, we battle through it. What happens in that situation with the nine? <laughs> this is going to the water. What, so, what, what goes on? Meanwhile, like Bay Hill, I think it was, I was, I finished T5. I was probably around like 15th at the time because pars were good on Sunday. Every par you made, you kind of moved up the board. And I was like, it, cause if, that right bunker if you chunk it out it goes left you still have like 220 into the hole like it's not like you're gonna like survive that one and i'm like if i hit it right then i just have to chip out again kind of a deal and i just i couldn't i'm a i have a fairway bunker like an actual problem with fairway bunker play uh i, I <laughs> he's 33rd on the fedex yeah. cup but he's like yo i no. can't punch out i can't yeah. hit a nine iron out of a no bunker. it's because i was hitting the fairway i'm a good driver of the ball so yeah, it's, all, it's like cold it just always hits fairways yeah i hit a little further not much but it's always in the fairway <laughs> so when it's not i, I so I went through scolding every shot of bunker to the lip. If there was no lip, I still found the lip. Or I chunked the crap out of it to make sure it got over the lip and then deal yeah, with it. Then you there. hit four. But if you course. chunk it off that lie, it's going left in the water. And we kind of and I'm like, he's like, Well, do you want like hybrid then? Like you're pretty good with hybrids. I'm like, Yeah, but ball's above the feet, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. And we had kind of a crowd around us. And I like get over this ball. I'm like, I can't do it. I got no shot. I'm like, I could putter it out of here like sideways, like, and then we can deal with it from there. But I don't know exactly what happened. Uh, I know I kind of was like, basically at some point I just say F it. I'm like, I just got to like hit this. So scold the crap out of it perfectly wedged it onto 25 feet, two putter for par. See, well ladies played. and gentlemen, even the best in the world have demons. This dude's got crazy demons. demons. The punch out yips is my favorite. The punch out yips is, is a good one. It's like, dude, I, there's no way I get I this I went in through the a phase where I couldn't, get it over the rough and underneath the limb, even if it was a 30 foot gap, like there was just no way or a big, 
I would just find a, a way to screw it up. You know your game, so I respect it. One last story we got to get into before we get into some other stuff. But you had a very another very unique situation uh, this year at the Zozo. Max Homa actually wrote in at, wanting us to ask you about this. So your last, I believe it was the Sunday round. Correct me if I'm wrong. But Max wants to know. Tell us about your course management strategy there coming down the, <laughs> down the stretch on the par fives at uh, Zozo this year. Uh, you guys talked to Stroman last week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did he bring this one up? He did no. not bring this one up. He was uh, saying, but he was your playing partner, correct? Yes, he yeah, was. So, so uh, we were in the Japan Zozo. It was my second week over there. We played Korea first, then went to Japan. Um, two weeks over there is a long time, especially when you're like rain delays in Japan and you're stuck. And the hotel was average, and the whole setup was pretty average. So now I'm struggling with kind of like get me out of here. We're my wife and I are going to Bali the next week, and I'm like, just get me to Bali. Like that was kind of our honeymoon. We waited long time to go but like this would be incredible like just get me out of here i was already in last place so it didn't matter what i did but i i'm like gene i'm gonna withdraw and he's like no you gotta stick it out like da, da, da. so we go through this whole thing so anyway sunday night max finishes and most of the field finishes so we're in the hotel lobby drinking and having a great time standard sunday night but i have golf to play six holes left we drink a plenty and then it was like new it was midnight or one and I'm like, we got to go out tonight, guys. Like, karaoke bars in Japan. Like, of course we got to go. That, what else are you going to do? So my my wife, Max Home and his wife, Lacey, and uh, Justin was having a uh, – Justin Thomas was having a good time. So we're like, all right, let's go out. Uh, we end up going to a place called The Cage, which is uh, a karaoke bar that's like cool in that area. But uh, we were intoxicated. We go, have a great time. I'm not sure what time we got home. Pretty late. I have to catch the bus to the golf course at 6.30 in the morning. Catch the bus. My wife actually like turns sideways and kicks me out of bed. I'm like, I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not going. This is not good. So get out. Go there. Go. I don't even know hit balls. I think I slept on the locker room floor for a while. Got out. Go out there. First hole is water on the left. Snipe driver in the water. <laughs> next hole or next shot. I got to drop. I only have like 150 yards over water. I can get to the green with the next shot. Cold chunk it like right in front of me into the water like it goes 10 yards in the water i i look at gino he starts laughing and at this point we're all laughing he looks at streelman and streelman is buckled over laughing so hard <laughs> he's never laughed like uh, he's dying laughing because he knows i'm not in good shape so grab whatever hit the next one in green we go to the par three and i'm like gino balls we got left we have one ball left we have a 210 par three with water short right all the way short right no, sorry. We have two balls left. Par three water, ball goes in the water. <laughs> now I have a 50-yarder layup. Well, 50-yard shot to, to the hole, and there's water still in front of me in the hole. I pitch it almost sideways to make sure the ball doesn't <laughs> go in the water. Chip up. I think I make triple. And Streelman can't stop laughing. At this point, then we join the group in front of us because the last two, the rule is on the back line on Sunday lat, you can make a foursome out of it. So uh, Ches Revi joined and a local Japanese guy. He has a Japanese guy has no idea what's going on. He's like still trying hard. Bless his heart. And me, Chez, and Streelman are just trying to finish. Next hole, hard dog leg right all around water. I stand on the tee on six. I go, Gina, we have one ball left. If we don't finish, like this is all for naught. I could have been in bed all morning. I go, what's left? Like, can I, how far left can I hit it? And is it out of bounds? Smoke hook it left, like gone. Hybrid barely gets past the water. And after that, I'm home free. Cannot lose a golf ball the rest of the way. It's all tree line the rest of the golf course. So... I think, I don't even know what I shot, but 
I like made like quad double or quad triple, probably double, and then like came in the house okay. Uh, probably bogeyed nine, but uh, incredible. Last golf ball. Yeah, and I, I got pitched sideways. Yeah. No, 50, like, it was over water. Like, I, I mean, 50 yards hung over over water. That's stress. Max told me he was playing entire holes with like, he's like, dude, he's playing wedges down par fives just because he's like, this is my last ball. I showed up here. I'm hearting it out. I ain't, I ain't WD or DQing or whatever. At this point, I, I couldn't, I had to, I had to get through this round. So we got through it. Uh, then my wife wanted to tour Japan. So I had that <laughs> afternoon of in the city of Tokyo cruising around. It was a rough go, but, um. Kudos to I you. got my what one or two FedEx Cup points. Yeah, it could yeah. be the difference. This could if, if this every the point matters. That's the, the motto. Year this will I owe Gino a lot if of money. If you squeak into East Lake by a point or two, you're gonna yeah. look back on that round and be like, "That was the one. Mm-hmm. That's the one that did it." Yeah, it's true. Even bad, if you win, too bad Strowman didn't tell the story. Yeah, well, oh, wow. we I, we may have been purposely left out with saving it for you because that's got to be one of the only times on tour that guys are playing par fives with wedges. Oh, that's so good. Okay, all right. Well, now we do this segment with every guest. It's called Emergency Nine. Nine nine fun questions to get to know the great Joel Damon a little more. And I'm gonna let Sleazy Man start it off. I'll kick it off. This is a this is a constant here on the show. But we got a movie being made about the life of Joel Damon. You're the director. Who plays you? I don't know anything about movies. Uh, you don't need to. Uh, I'm going Jim Carrey. I mean, from Dumb and mm. Dumber. That guy's legendary. Maybe actually Harry's probably more my style, but I had a Jim Carrey like bowl cut for a long time at Campbell. That's that. a good answer. So Jim Carrey would be you good. You had an answer. Yeah, I had James Franco for you. He's a bit strange. No one really knows what to make of him, but I like him. I had, and that's uh, you. I had Steve Carell. He's kind of I don't know. Uh, he's funny. It's got to be a Steve, funny guy. Yeah. Steve's Steve's too. Maybe good at his job. He, he can do like <laughs> multiple. It's just based on looks and who can represent you. And That's fair. It has nothing to do with how good they are. Oh, well. I like I had I Jason like, Sudeikis as a backup for you. If Franco can't do it, I'll pull See, him. I don't even know who those guys are. But yeah, you know I like him, Jim Carrey. Funny guy from all kinds of shit. All yeah. right, number two. I don't know if you know this or not, but this whole golf subpar thing is kind of like the hotel business where if you don't cancel within a certain amount of time, you still got to pay a fee. And last week... You canceled 30 minutes before we were supposed to go on air. That's generous. generous. So would you like to pay cash or credit to the sleazy man and I? I always pay cash, not traceable. All right. Okay. Well, give well, your, what's your credit card number, though? Just in case. Just <laughs> it read it ends off. in like, uh, like 2749, I think. Is, what's is the three-digit code on the back? Uh, <laughs> it's four on the front because I'm an Amex guy All right. And, and your social. Uh, it ends in like uh, just stop five one nine. There's smart people out there that'll figure this. <laughs> Someone's shit out. hacking you as yeah. we speak. All right, next. But seriously, question. we're gonna need that cash. Yeah, we're gonna want that. Okay. Um, best on course cocktail for Joel Damon. Uh, tequila lemonade. I actually now well tequila fresca is the jam. Mm, Joe a lot of people like that. Yeah, that's a that's a popular what one do you, for tequila what do you call guys. It? Uh, this guy at Whisperock, oh. Joe Sposey. I mean, it's basically give me a Sposey. It's like a triple tequila. And yeah, it's like nine tequilas and then yeah. fresca. <laughs> well, I mean, probably half and half. All right, all right, all right. Well, there's this popular game around the world. I'm going to change the words a little bit. It's going to be marry, sleep with, and kill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Make love go. to. No, just sleep. You got to cuddle with them. Or all right, whatever. yeah. Because it's going to be all guys. And it's, yeah, passionately. Marry, sleep with, kill. Max Homa, Brandon Harkins, Gino. <laughs> or you can blow your own head off. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to uh, marry Gino because we're basically married. Uh, oh, boy. This is Someone's the one. about to get bad. This is the one I want, the next one. <laughs> I figured that one. Uh, 
I got Harkins to sleep with because uh, we've done it before. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> this is incredible. We've uh, Harkins and I have had. Well, he's one of my Canadian buddies back yeah. starting 2011, and uh, our wives are super close. She was my wife was actually in their wedding. Didn't make the cut. Thanks, Brandon. Uh, That's shocking. Yeah, well, he has so many boys from back home, and we were new-ish. Just started dating. Well, we were two years in, but, uh, you know. Uh, so, yeah, Hark's, he's, well, he, he's close, and we have a lot. So lot Max is So dead. you're killing Max. So Max is dead. That's what I want well, Is that because of Wells uh, Fargo? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, like, Max completely outplayed me. It wasn't like I, like, did something weird or he did something weird in the last hole to win. Like, he, he, he completely outplayed me on Sunday. But, um... Yeah, I mean, without that, I'd have a tour win, and uh, life would be probably just... I mean, I love Max, but it'd be a hair better without him. That makes that. sense, actually, now Good that answer. I think about it. Yeah, yeah. the Wells Fargo. You probably, if you kill him, you might inherit that check, too, so... All right. All right, Number next, five. Next question. Song or artist you're most ashamed to have in your iTunes? Not ashamed, but, like, embarrassed. Like, what's... Yeah, I know you got some soft stuff in there. Man, I, I'm, like, a big sucker for JT, but... You know, in high school, like NSYNC was cool. And when NSYNC comes on the radio or over, you know, a, a Spotify thing coming through, I'm not afraid to sing to it. Perfect. But mostly JT. So I'm like, I'm I, Nick Lachey with the 98 Degrees was underrated as well. Okay. 98 the little Nick Lachey shout out. So, last from the past. Okay. Yeah. Respect. Right. Boy bands, I, I would yeah. say. You're a boy band guy. Number six. Not afraid of it. Most hungover you've ever played in a golf tournament. If it ain't Zozo, then damn. No, I had another one that was actually turned out bad. Like, I was still drunk at Zozo. Uh, I was hungover in Springfield, Missouri on the web tour. I might have a video from that tournament. All right, that will be (laughs) sweet. I won't show it, but it was... That is... uh, Epic. That is absolutely epic. And, uh, yeah, Springfield, Missouri, summer of 15... I was uh, super hungover, and it was a hundred. I don't heat index. There was one hundred and ten probably, uh, but ma- I made ten birdies. Did you have rental clubs? Sixty-three, right? Ten birdies, sixty-three. Went from making cut on the number to like fifth at the end of the day, and ended up top ten that way. There seems to be a theme here with you making the cut on the number, getting blasted, and then playing. So really I was good. texting Brandon Harkins. I was like, "Give me some good stuff on Joe," and he goes, "Well, while I think, just enjoy this video." <laughs> and it was <laughs> no. a video you sent to all your boys before the round. You're like, "It's one hundred and ten. I'm going to shoot seventy-nine. And you shot 63. I ran in a spider web. The spider was on my hat. Puked up some fireball. Then we had some red lava coming out. <laughs> uh, That'll happen. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty normal. That's normal stuff, dude. Once again, thought I missed a cut. That's what I'm saying. You got but a little came bit back of a strong. Trend. I played with Craig Barlow on that Saturday morning. Oh. And that was the first time. We became pretty good buddies after that because he... I think he respected me after that day. You, you get a <laughs> mint street cred when you do stuff like that on, on tour. I don't do it much anymore. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You kind of toned it back. We need old Joel, but you're still you're still doing it. All right, next question. Seattle guy, Washington guy. You could be responsible for the Supersonics coming back to Seattle, or you win a major. Which would you rather have? Wow, that's such a good question. Uh, I mean, I gotta say major because that's worth like a ton of money, like long term, right? I was gonna say change that to regular PJ Tour event. All right, you would you rather win Colonial, the first event yeah. back this year, or you could be everyone in Washington knows Joel Damon's responsible? Sure. Okay, auto, See, the auto major Sonics. things a total another a Masters. Are you saying Masters? Because but... yeah, I like if you'll say I'll never win a tour event, then I'd probably choose that still. But if you're saying like, oh, you can win, like you'll win one less tour event, or well, hopefully I'll win some. Uh, apparently, it's hard. But 
if everybody who is a Sonics fan knows that I'm responsible, you for get it, all the credit for it. I might even actually I would even trade that for a major because wow. of the comeback that I would get as long as the PGA. I want the other three majors. The mm. PGA is can I would change the Sonics for a PGA right now in a heartbeat because that's a fan, bro. The Sean Kemp's impressive. looking at, he's listening to this right now and he's smiling. Gary Gary Payton. He's mm. uh, the, the glove. glove is smiling. That's that's the shrimp. Nate McMillan. Hersey Hawkins, Payton, Sam bro. Perkins, that's my crew. Yep. Sweet Sammy. All right, number eight. Best town on tour to party in after a good week, and who are you bringing with you? I mean, Vegas is an easy answer, mm-hmm. obviously. We do that kind of often. Uh, New Orleans is another easy answer. Um, oh, there's so many. There's uh, a lot, actually. need to bring Jarrell back. New York City gets you one. some Miami. You seem like yeah. a Miami guy. You're I am not a Miami guy. <laughs> no Miami. I am not a Miami guy. Tight pants type of a dude, boy uh, band. Charlotte's sneaky good. Department. Charlotte's a great. Charlotte's incredible. Great yeah, town. Played could, a bunch of jicks down there. Yeah, I mean, like New Orleans is is good because everyone's partying around, and they wouldn't necessarily like if you like carried around like the Wells Fargo Trophy on Sunday night. Uh, like Max, but he just went to his guy's house and he just sat there, which was super lame. What a lame. I would have absolutely what a bum. wrecked that place on Sunday night. <laughs> but uh, Vegas is simple, but I feel like that's like what we do all the time anyways. Yeah. And you're We're, killing You don't Max, even need so. a U.S. Open. Oh, you need a U.S. Open trophy. I even drank out of it when Gary gave it yep. to you for a bit. I had my name on it. Yeah. If you drank out of the jug, dude, you basically want it. Is that know? true? I feel like that. Gary, Gary, let I'll me go have home it and chalk it up. That's, that's, that's Gary, it. let me have it in Vegas, and I put a piece of tape with my name on it under one of the deals, and we were drinking. Just out showing of it to people. Yeah. Hey, dude, just won this. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, I drank out of it. A couple of my random, well, random to you, but or Gary, but a couple of my buddies drank out of it. That was at uh, what's that little bar Alibi. Area? Alibi. Mm-hmm. I think we had like seven spark clubs and spark plugs, and then we went out. Yeah, pretty standard. That'll do it. Congrats on the U.S. Open. All right, number nine. All right, last question. Would you rather not have Gino on the bag or have Gino and play with only 10 clubs for the rest of the year? Oh, he's thinking. That's deep. Uh, Deep question. Man, I – well. 10 clubs, (laughs) I really want to go to the Tour Championship this year. I think I could do it. You think you could do it with 10? No. Well – I only use a couple. No. No, <laughs> he was damn so it. Sad yeah, no. I don't think I can. That's one's hard. I, I really like Gino. Uh, I would I would attempt it with 10 clubs with him. That's love. That's why I you married him. I would attempt it with 10 clubs and knowing that we can just try again next year with 14. That's why you married the man over Max See? and uh, and Hark. Awesome. Yeah. Joel, you've been Joel. an absolute legend. Love it. Thank you so much for joining That's us here on Golf Subpar. Thanks, fellas. You guys are awesome. Well done. And that was PGA Tour player Joel Damon on Golf Subpar. So, ladies, give me your thoughts. Dude, uh, the thing that sticks out to me with Joel, just because I knew him, like I said before, he was a big-time Joel Damon now, but that story about him barely thinking he missed the cut on the mini tour event it was the gateway of uh, gateway tour out here in Scottsdale at the time. Thought he missed the cut, ended up making it, went out to dinner, like one of the first dates with his now wife, mm-hmm. sent it, as he is accustomed to do, has a great time. Realizes he locked his clubs in his car. Shows up the next morning. Shoots 60, whatever he shot. 60, 63. 63 with a rental set from Papa. It was at Papago Golf Club, which is now the Arizona State University golf course. And it's like the, the word kind of trickled around that event. And I was like, oh, my. Like, this kid's he's just talented. He can figure it out with he's anything. He's very talented. Um, absolute legends out, legend out there on the Jicky Jacks. Yeah, he was tough to beat. I don't think we'll see him on the Jicky Jacks much anymore. I think he's found a home. Yeah. I think he's found a home. He is, he is great. But uh, 
I mentioned his caddy a lot. Just their relationship is is really cool, and I love the story I shared with me that like he's he's had the yips in every part of his game, <laughs> yeah. like even the punch out yips or yeah. a sandwich yips from because a hundred yards, just all that. I mean, tour players are mental mental nut jobs, kind of. Yeah, and he. And I love it that it's like a specific thing. Yeah. It's like, no, dude, I got the seven iron yips. I'm fine yeah. with six. I'm fine with eight, but we cannot hit a seven iron right yeah, now. It's just weird stuff. And the Sung Kang story too, dude. That one got a lot of buzz at the time. I think pretty much most guys are on the side of Joel Damon on that. But it takes, dude, it takes balls to it, stand up and be like, no, that ain't right. I ain't signing your card. It really, it really does. I mean, good for him for for standing up, letting Ben Crane play through, which has never happened in Ben Crane's life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, like you said, it takes a lot of guts to. Call a, call a player out like that because, um, you know, that can ru- obviously ruin a relationship pretty easily. And But, I mean, he's, he's got to do what he what he thinks is right. And like you said, either that or you don't sign a scorecard. Um, tough situation, but he handled it great. Yeah, and I think most of the players probably side with him, but he knows going if he refuses to do that, that's going to be an unpopular thing and it's going to cause waves. But he was like, look, dude, there's no way that crossed. I ain't, I ain't signing this. Mm-mm. So. He's fun, man. We'll get him back in here at some point and uh, looking forward to seeing him back on tour. Well, we hope everyone had a great Memorial Day. That's it for us this week. We'll talk to you all on next week's Golf Club Park.